morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, uh, TJ came over to my place yesterday, and his son, Truman, got a shout-out for them. But, man, I'll tell you what, watching those young bucks work, and I'm just hobbling along, and one leg it almost felt like. It's pretty amazing to watch a guy that knows what he's doing work. I can break stuff. I spent two days demolition. Yeah, I was expert at demolition. But when it came to fixing the mistakes, because when I demo, demolitioned some stuff, there were some things that were kind of wonky. And so he just comes in and goes, well, whenever you're out working, you're always going to have problems. And he just, just like nonstop, he resheated the face of my shop because it was all rotten and stuff like that. Man, I'm telling you what, TJ, you're a rock star. And uh, your son, Truman, you're a great helper. It was awesome. And uh, you should have seen TJ coaching his son, teaching him son life lessons. It was awesome. So praise God. Thank you very much for coming over. Appreciate that. All right. Before we get started, I got tons and tons and tons of, of uh, and I almost forgot these two, um, words of encouragement. This is great. It's awesome. Mr. Drillinger. Mr. Drillinger, thank you, Braxton. Oh, by the way, come up for Braxton. Come over here. This young man is a representation of some young men over there and some young men right here and some others who are willing to step up and serve without being asked because they see a need. Let's give it up for these young bucks that are willing to come up here consistently helping out. Let's give it up. All right, here you go. You know who Mr. D is, that character back over there? Love hearing you speak from the heart. You're an amazing teacher. I learned so much from you. Thank you, Jeff. And there's a little heart there. Don't know who it's from, but they got good handwriting. All right. This amazing church family. So wonderful to see so many here today. The beautiful harmony and voices from old or young and old. Should be young or older. Just counseling some people here. All right. The teachings and fellowship is priceless. So thankful for and blessed by this family. Amen. Me too. All right. Scott. Scott Kirkpatrick, way in the back there, for your faithfulness, kindness, and raising a godly family. Let's give it up for Scott. That's awesome. All right. Okay, we got some good ones here. These are awesome. Mr. Logan, I love to listen to you speak. And Logan, your message was awesome this morning. And we'll do all these together so you're not having to run and get your exercise. Mr. D, I like listening to you speak the word of God. Max, there you go. For the Drillinger boys back over there. All right, Angie, I so appreciate your heart to serve in any way you can. You are always an encouragement. Amen. I would agree with that one. So come on back here, Braxton. Run, run, run. This is great. There you go. Angie's right down there in the white blouse. Good. All right, Andrew. I really appreciate your teaching and song leading before Bible class because it's been awesome. Thank you for helping us to set our minds on things above and how to worship and serve the Lord. So thank you, Andrew Compton. Let's get it for Andrew. Woohoo! All right. Uh, we are doing a vote this morning. It looks like Logan is one. Logan, once again, here you go. Logan, great job. Confident, sure in your experiences as a father and how it relates to our need to trust in our God, our Father in Heaven. Good job. Let's go for Logan. I want to I know, how many of you have seen an improvement in Logan's ability to stand and deliver? Woo! 
it up. You know what? I remember a day when you would have notes and you're up here and just whispering. He gets up here, no notes. He's got a few things on his walkie-talkie thing there and he just kind of sh shoots from the hip. That was great. That was awesome. All right, TJ, so thankful for your expertise, your ability in construction and saving Bill from disaster. No, I added that one. So uh, thank you for all the time time spent on our on your day off helping uh recite our shop looks amazing great job give it up for tj's great guy all right truman 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 thank you for all your hard work you did a great job and you vacuumed up all of my mess so thank you very much it was cool you're really stepping up in your dad's dad's slot there cynthia thank you for for so beautiful plenty of piano for all of us it makes singing even more fun and more delightful to hear. There you go. Give it up for Miss Johnson. <laughs> Kayla, such a nice surprise to see your smiling face this morning. We all love you. And it was fun to see you show up at my house. And it was like, woohoo! Great. It's great to have you. Sounds like my son's going back to Montana to see you for an elk hunt. I think that's cool. Right back there, right next to Ryan in the wild and crazy shirt. Kayla right there. There you go. Okay. Bill and Sharon Compton, thanks for opening up your home to us for Bible study and for great hospitality. Angie and Lars, thank you very much. All right. And blackberries too, right? Oh, by the way, if you want to get blackberries and not having them alongside the road where they're getting all the dust and all of the nasty, vile stuff, our, our behind our house, there's probably half an acre of blackberries. And there's nobody back there, and the government says you cannot spray back there. So that's why we have so many blackberries for anybody who wants to come and pick them. Just let us know you're coming so our attack dogs won't get you. All right. I think we're ready to go. Announcements. Uh, fellowship dinner coming up this Wednesday night, 6 o'clock at Tamara's Place. And Pumpkin Spice Holiday Bazaar. Well, we're back into Belarus. Hopefully the 17th through the 31st. And so uh, make sure we can carry money to those little kidlets. We're going to have a um, uh, pumpkin spice holiday bazaar. So coming up on the 5th, but our planning session is next Sunday morning right after assembly. So if you want to be a part of that, set that time aside. And uh, we'll make it just quick, kind of an overview. People decide, hey, I want to help here, I want to help there. And then we're, we're off until next month, the third Sunday of the month. So with that, are there any other announcements I might have missed? Any other announcements I might have missed? Well, there was one praise that was not offered up this morning during prayer time. And I apologize uh, for not getting any of those. I always rattle people's cages every Sunday morning. I'm sure they love it. Oh, Bill's calling again for prayer class. But anyway, uh, you know what? Can we praise God? For his powerful deliverance and by miraculously delivering our, our dear brother Gabe back to us. Let's give it up for God. Woohoo! Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We're going to give him the glory for that miracle. In fact, that miracle was spoken about this morning during Bible class. So it's, it's awesome to see the work of God. I'm glad that you're, 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 you're allowing him to do that. You know, it's pretty rugged. Can you imagine Job? showing how he was going to do a great work in him and you allowed God to do that and so appreciate you and appreciate your family 
great, great family example. So let's open up in a word of prayer and then we'll jump right into scriptures. Lord, we're thankful, dear Lord God in heaven, for all the good blessings that you grant to us each and every day. It's easy to take you for granted. It's easy not to think about you and all that you've done. I'm guilty of that. I run into my day and sometimes I just do my Bible study and prayer as basically a habit and not really thinking, not really listening, not really sharing from the heart. It's easy to take for granted our wives, our husbands. It's easy to take for granted our children until something tragic happens. It's easy to take for granted the amazing wealth that we have as Americans. It's so easy to take for granted our being Americans. It's easy to take for granted, dear Heavenly Father, that we have a place in heaven secure for us, for those who have obeyed the gospel. And so we live our lives not thinking about the amazing blessing, not just of forgiveness of sins, but even more importantly, we, we take for granted that we have the, the, the mighty power of yourself residing in our lives. And we don't realize, or we do and take for granted, what that power can do for our lives, our relationships with others, and ultimately that you would trust us enough to allow us to serve you in a greater way to bring more people in to a saving knowledge of Christ. We don't know when the world's going to end. We don't know when you're coming back, but we do know that that is truly going to happen in the future. And so during our tour of duty, as long as we're alive, Father, I pray that you would help us to recognize fully what you have granted to us, that we might trust you more so that we might be trustworthy and trusted. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. So let's grab our Bibles and turn to the book of Ephesians chapter 4 once again. And we're going to take a look at the first six verses. Yes. Oh, did I miss the birthday? Yes, I did. In fact, I have it down in my bulletin and I'm glad you reminded me. I saw it. Janelle's birthday? This week? This week? But you're, it's coming this week, right? No, it was yesterday. Oh. Did you hear me sing to you? Did you hear everybody else sing to you? Okay, you're off the hook. All right, there you go. <laughs> Sorry, Sherry, you're in the spot. Can you come down with me? <laughs> here we go. Sherry's. No, you don't need to stand up here. I'm just kidding you. But we're singing you happy birthday. <laughs> happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. Wow, the fear in your eyes. Oh my goodness. That's funny. Wow. Okay. All right, here we go. <laughs> Ephesians and, and chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. And I hope these words sink in because this is where we're going to spend. You know, you're going to say, I can't believe it. We're going to spend five months on this passage and these concepts. Therefore, I, I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling 
with which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There's one body and one Spirit, just as also you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. We are called through the gospel, the Bible says, but we're called through the gospel for a reason, so that we would get to a full measure of the glory of God in us. We're called through the gospel for the express purpose of receiving the glory of God. The only way that we can have unity is in the glory of God. You know, if you've looked at your uh, calendars, the calendars are out there. I put a scripture on this particular calendar for August. The only way that we can be united as one and move together as a force of many is for us to have the, the unity that is provided to us through the glory of God. A part of the glory of God is being compassionate. If you cannot have compassion on someone in their life situation, it's really going to be hard for you to come alongside and help them. Why was Logan's message this morning so poignant for me? And probably poignant for a whole bunch of you who are parents. I remember when my little squirmy wormies were little tiny they're no longer that way they're large and could be cruel to their dad so i'm nice to them but when they're little they just they desperately need everything from you and they trust you and so as a father i want to be trustworthy see that's a powerful thing that was a great message this morning the only way that we as a, a family can really draw near to one another is to learn of one another's life situations and draw near to try to understand it so we can invest ourselves in each other. You know, it's really phenomenal as TJ came over and helped with the skill set that he had. And when I've asked him to preach and the, you know, the fear, by the way, Sherry, the fear in his eyes when I first asked him to preach. And then for me to come alongside, don't fear, I'll just come and I'll show you and I'll help you and we'll work through it. And for those of you in the college age heard his first sermon, man, he knocked that one out of the park, didn't he? It was awesome. And then up at men's camp last year, again, helping him, coaching him, boom, he knocked it out of the park. Look, I could share with some things with him that I have, and he was able to share experience that he has, just as you have helped with, with uh, your brother, Jeff. So it's awesome how we can each give and share when someone has a concern, but you know, the, being helpful in electrical, being helpful in sheeting a, a shop is wonderful, but let's talk about things of eternity. Let's talk about things that are going to last forever. Uh, that shop is going to look beautiful, but I got news. God's going to burn it up someday, and I'm okay with that because I got a better home in heaven. The, the amazing power of unity is the gospel of glory and the glory that we're given. Look at the next verse. This morning, Second Thessalonians, Second Thessalonians in chapter two. Again, these two verses come together beautifully. Ephesians four, and then Second Thessalonians 
chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. But we should always give thanks to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God has chosen you from the beginning for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit, and we receive the Spirit in immersion, right? And faith in the truth. We grow into a full measure of the standard of Jesus who is truth. It was for this he called you through our gospel that you may gain the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's called you through the gospel so that you might gain the glory of Jesus Christ. Compassion is a part of the glory of Jesus Christ. Patient forbearance in love is another beautiful character of glory. I don't know about you, but but man, I'm sure that some have really had a, a time or two putting up with me. And it's kind of, we've kind of grown together as we put up with each other, as we've grown and become more like Jesus Christ. But what if someone's not willing to put up in love? What if God's not willing to put up in love with you? What if we're not willing to put up in love with each other? By the way, what are you talking about this putting up with each other in love? Go back to Ephesians and chapter four once again. Take a look. It says here in verse uh, two, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance or forbearance for one another in love. That's, that is actually a character quality of glory. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that so many of you have that character quality of glory. I'm sorry that I've helped you grow that <laughs> because of who I have been on occasion. But the reality is, as we grow together in the glory of God, his magnificent character, when things get really tough, we will come together and help each other when we see there's a need. But what if you're never taught that? What if you're taught? In a church that's all about entertainment. Whatever you want, you get. You don't have to give nothing. Well, the membership dues. But then just do whatever you want. What about losing the family concept? We need to come together and it's all about through the gospel and gaining the glory of God. And we'll be able to grow together and become trustworthy. And then trusted. So point number one, really quickly, as we looked at that last week, to, to walk in a manner worthy. You know, I define the word walk. The word walk means directional with a goal. Now, there's two paths to walk on, the path of righteousness or the, the way of wickedness. You have your choice. We're in a world where you choose to be neutral. The devil's going to pull you right over into the path of wickedness. And by the way, as you see in your little notes here, your choice, body consequence. If you choose to be a knucklehead as a father, your children will bear the consequence and so will you. You choose, you choose to, to walk away from God. Guess what? Your children will see that. So it's, it's important that we recognize and understand our personal choices have profound body consequences. You need to know that. Your choice impacts other people in your physical family and in your spiritual family. And so it's so important for you to go, I'm stepping up and I'm going to be that man or woman of integrity or virtue, not just for myself to get to heaven, but for my brothers and sisters to make it as well. And when people see outside, and you know this scripture, John 13, verses 34 and 35, 
He says, love one another even as I have loved you, so you love one another. So that those who are outside will know that you are my disciples because you have a love for one another. And so your choices, whether the path of wickedness or the, or the path of righteousness, will have impact in your life, but also impact in the body of Christ and the ability to bring other people in. Now, we talked about the, uh, a manner worthy. That means, and I want to quote it really quickly and then we'll move on, a life lived according to a standard, a life of conduct, congruous, corresponding to a representative a representative of a given standard. Who's your standard for life? Who's your standard of integrity? Who's your standard for how to treat your husband, your wife, your children, those around you? Who's your standard? Jesus is the gold standard. Jesus is the ethical standard for your morality. So if you want to be a great husband, a great wife, a great son, a great daughter, a great Christian brother or sister, a, a great employer, a great employee, a great whatever, then you need to live according to biblical principle and live by the life standard of Christ Jesus. That's how this works. But if you choose not to do that, by default, you'll go the wrong way and you'll unfortunately draw others with you. So it's so important that this walk in a manner worthy of the gospel Really quickly before we go to uh, point number two. The seven-part gospel, you've heard it so many times, but it's worth repeating. Jesus Christ came in the flesh, according to the family line of King David, and lived a holy and blameless life so that he could become the sin-bearer and bear your sins in his body on the cross. And he was buried for three days, and I believe that he went to paradise and proclaimed the year of jubilee, the year of total freedom for all those Old Testament faithfuls. And then he rose from the dead, and they came forth from the tombs, it says, in Matthew chapter 27. He rose from the dead, and for 40 days he proclaimed, the kingdom is coming, the kingdom is coming. And he set up his apostles to launch the kingdom. And then he ascended back up into heaven on the 40th day, which was a Thursday. Go check me out. Ten days later, first day of the week, boom, the Holy Spirit comes upon the 12 apostles, and they preach the great gospel proclamation. And they close with, Jesus is now seated at the right hand of God and he's coming to judge the living and the dead. That's the seven-part gospel. You go look it up. It's all there. Look up every word gospel. Now, brethren, you aren't born in the family line of King David unless you're a Jew, but then you have to be born in a very specific family line. The rather interesting thing is, is that most people are not that way. So, And the second part is to live a holy and blameless life. Last time I checked, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. As adults now. Now, brethren, that means that you're going to die for your sins unless you die with Christ and are buried with Christ and are raised up with Christ in the waters of immersion to have the power to walk in the newness of life. Because, are you ready? Ephesians 2, 6. You've been raised up and seated with him in glory right now if you're a Christian. And if you're seated in glory and the glory of God dwells in you, you have been glorified. Romans chapter 8 and verse 29 and 30. Powerful passage. And by your standard of conduct, you don't have to get the word out in Bible thump. I hope you never do that. That means you don't, you're not living the life. 
If you live the life of Jesus Christ, people will feel uncomfortable. Now, they may get mad at you and, and they may bring accusation against you. But you know what? If you live the life of Christ in purity and love, brethren, you're going to make some folks uncomfortable. And you're going to draw other folks to the light. Remember in 2 Corinthians and chapter 2, verse 14 through 17, you're either this, the sweet aroma of life because people want life eternal or you're the stench of death because they smell themselves when they compare themselves with the life that you're living. Brethren, you're going to be the aroma or the stench one way or the other in every person you run into. I hope I am the aroma to many, but I also know that people are rejecting Christ, that sweet aroma of life because they want to live in their sin. Sooner or later, they'll get a whiff of the death that they're living in and walking in. So it's so important for us, brethren, to realize now a life worthy of his calling. Let's go to the back of your lesson plan. And if you'll take a look there at Colossians 1.18. We looked at that last week, but once again, let's get our, our bearings. It says, God the Father rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son, in which we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Brethren, it's very interesting to realize that the kingdom of God is the church. Look down at verse 18. It says, he, Jesus, is the head of the body, the church. Remember, there's only one body. There's only one church. Now, some people have heard me say that and think, oh, you think Pleasant Hill's the only church? No, that's not what I'm saying. There's only one people who have heard the gospel and obeyed the gospel and have become Christians. The word church is the, the Greek word uh, ekklesia, and it means those called out. Those called out of what? Those called out of darkness. Into what? The kingdom of light, the kingdom of Christ, the church, those who have been washed by the blood and sanctified by the Spirit. Brethren, if you are one of those who've obeyed the gospel and then crucified with Christ, buried with Christ, raised up to walk in newness of life, like Brother Jeff was saying, you have to believe that was happening when you were immersed, that you were having your sins washed away and you're being given life eternal through the Holy Spirit. If you didn't believe that, nothing happened. But if you did believe that, you were obeying the gospel. Now you are the powerful called of God, chosen and called through the gospel of Jesus Christ. You are the ecclesia. Now, brethren, what does that mean? I want you to take a look at 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 9. Who are we and what are we supposed to do as the called of God? It says it right there in one little verse. Beautiful, one little verse. It says in, in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9, here's who you are. Here's what you're called to do. It says, But you, Christian, are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation for God's own possession, so that you became this through the gospel so that something would happen. Look at the so that there in your Bible. So that you, Christian, may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So that you, Christian, having been called out of darkness, might proclaim his excellencies. 
once in darkness, now in his light. The power that we have to draw all men unto Jesus Christ is amazing. Now, I want you to think with, it, with me for just a moment. How can you proclaim something? Well, of course, you can proclaim it with your words, of course. Okay? Is it possible to proclaim something by not saying anything? Yes. Okay? When you're driving down the road and you've got kids in the car and someone cuts you off and you've had a, 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 a habit that you've built over the years of screaming, yelling, and saying things you ought not to say in front of them, all right? You're driving down the road, you've had a change of heart, change of mind, you've repented, and someone cuts you off and your, your children lean in a little bit to listen. You know what I'm saying? Okay. But I hear nothing. What happened to Dad? Did he bump his head this morning? Is he feeling okay? Know how to change a heart, change a mind. Which is translated into a change of... I hope that guy doesn't kill somebody. During the... Uh, the I, almost, I always say, I want to say Lane County Fair. It's the country fair. Sharon and I were driving down river or, or uh, highway 99 and we're going to that really crazy jerry's beltline confusion mayhem and we're driving in the slow lane and we're i know that's amazing that i was driving in the slow lane but i was and when i get up to that intersection i'm like all eyeballs because people are coming out of jerry's and going into jerry's and people are going every which way and it's the country fair and then we were driving, and I think I was going the speed limit, wasn't I, honey? I mean, we were right there. Was, and all of a sudden, this Jetta, I think it was, with all these wild and crazy stickers on the back, deadhead to the, to the end, you know, kind of stickers, right in front of us. And we're going, oh! And then they pull over like they're going to get onto Beltline West, and we're going, okay. And all of a sudden, it's like, Row! they pull right in front of us again. It's like, we're going to die. Now, if that would have been 10 years ago, my wife would have gotten ear damage. And I probably would have got a little damage in the front end of my car. You know, things have changed. And my sons don't lean in anymore when someone does that, I don't think. Anyway. But what's the reality? The reality is, is there's a change that comes about that impacts everyone in our world. Brethren, we need to shine the light and proclaim the light doesn't mean to get your Bible out and start thumping people. Hey, put a big sign. Repent or go to hell as everybody drives by. Hey, and you could put it even doing at that intersection by Jerry's. Everybody stopped and sometimes there's accidents. You should have repented. You know, you would really turn everybody off. That doesn't work that way. But when you live a life that people can see a difference and that you're, you're joyful and you're excited and, and, and you have purpose and meaning and, and you're busy about the business of helping other people and people see that, they go, wow, that guy has, that gal has real purpose, real excited, doing the right thing. Great, I want to be like that. You're saying people don't act that way. People don't do that. Yes, they do. It's been three years. A deputy sheriff that I had loaned a book to 
about how to be a great dad because he just started having kids and, and his lead lead child was acting up a little bit. I gave him a book. I said, hey, you know what? Take a look at this. If there's anything that I can help you. And if you want to, let's get together. All right, I'm just... And it wasn't a... This book. And it wasn't a religious book. Go to this first and you'll know all things. It wasn't one of those books. It was just a really cool tool book that had biblical principle in it by way of stories. I just got a text, and if you want to see it afterwards, I'll black out the name. He says, you know that book that you lent me? I'm starting to read it now. Psalms 13. And I was wondering if we could get together for coffee. I said, absolutely! You let me know. We'll make it work. Do, do you see what happens when you are consistent, consistent, consistent? Oh, is that one of the, the cornerstones for trust? Integrity, integrity. Oh, is that what that... Huh. And, you, and, uh, and you've done a good job. I think I've done a pretty good job with the boys. Don't let me down. No sweat. No pressure. But you're doing great. Okay. So, look what happens. Three years later, somebody calls you up. Now, is that because I'm something special? No. But I've learned a secret. Trust is built upon integrity, showing of competence, consistency, and what's the real motive? What's the real motive? Is it to influence people and get them to do what you want them to do? Or is it to help them out? See, there's the power. Now let's take a look at Ephesians chapter 1, excuse me, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. Ephesians 5, verses 1 through 12. Here's where, where that power is seen and not heard. Ephesians 5, beginning there in verse 1. It says, Therefore, my, therefore be imitators of God as beloved children. Walk in love, just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an aroma and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. There is the motivation. Love people because they're worthy of love and that's what Jesus did for you. Even when you and I and we were outside, when we were but sinners, he still loved us and he went to the cross. Be that way for other people. Look at verse three. But immor 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 immorality, not immortality, immorality, or any impurity or greed must even not even be named among you as is proper among saints. And there must be no filthiness or filthy talk or coarse jesting, which is not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know with certainty that no immoral or impure person or covetous man who is an idolater has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, that's that path of wickedness, of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, here we go, good stuff. Do not be partakers with them. For you were formerly darkness, but now, Christian, you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. For it is disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. But all things become visible when they are exposed by the light. 
for everything that becomes visible is light. For this reason it says, Awake sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Verse 15, we'll close with this verse. Therefore be careful how you walk, not as wise men, but as wise making the most of the time. I've had someone actually come up to me, and this was many years ago when I read that passage of scripture. They go, all right. It says exposed people. That means if someone's in sin, I that gives me the license to expose them. <laughs> yes, I'm a child of the light, and I'm going to go find sin in everybody else. And I, we didn't quite get that way, but that's the attitude he had. It's like I got a license now to go damn people. That's sick, man, and that's not what this is talking about. We need to recognize and understand that sometimes children's stories are some of the best for communicating scriptural principle. I remember I was in fifth grade. Remember I was labeled a retard because I was a slow learner. But we'd always go once a week to the library, South Tahoe High School. It was so wonderful. I can't remember the library's name, but she was just a sweet, sweet spirit. And she'd have this magic carpet. And she'd go, okay, kids, get all get on the magic carpet. And I want you to close your eyes, and we're going to take off on this magic carpet. And then she was talking, and all of a sudden, she goes, okay, you can close your, open your eyes now. And then she's begun to read about... James and the Giant Peach, or Charlotte's Web, or or uh, none dare call it Courage, or something like that. Banner in the Sky, that was the one. I was right there. When I used to teach in the Christian school, I decided I'm going to read, because we had a lot of boys, Tuckus Travels. Man, I'm telling you what, I was into those books, and, and you know, Mr. Grimes, and you say, why are you telling us all of this? Such an important principle here. There's a little kid story that says there was a young man that had a coat and the winter chill and the summer sun decided they're going to have a battle. Who can get that coat off of that little boy fastest? And the winter chill said, I'm up to the task. That kid's going to lose his coat in one little blast. And so he blows and blows and blows, and that kid grabs that coat, and he hangs on to it, and he bears into that wind, and he blew harder, and that kid pulled that coat tighter. And then finally he's all blown out. And then the sun comes out and just kept increasing the lovely, sweet heat of spring and summer. And man, that kid shed that coat and he took off his sweater and he jumped in his swimming trunks and basked in the glory of the beautiful sun. You can be caustic all you want. You can chew somebody up and judge them and you've lost them. Jesus never judged are you listening? He never judged under condemnation. Did he discern a need and address that need, sometimes publicly, sometimes privately? But you know what? People flocked to him. Multitudes, thousands upon thousands flocked to him, not because he was judgmental, 
But he was what? Forbearing, loving, compassionate, kind, gentle. Brethren, how are we going to draw people? We're going to expose them to the light of God's character. That's how we do it. And when they see a constancy in your life, and when they see that your marriage is doing well and your family's doing well and you're a great worker on the job, super positive, always guess what happens? People are drawn. If that's not happening into your life, I apologize, but you need to go back and retool and understand how do you apply the word of God? Not by taking the word and saying, listen to now, this is what the Bible says. With the kind of face too, that always helps. That adds a lot of power. Right? Doesn't work that way. I'll tell you what, a hug does a lot better than a fish shaking in the face. So it's important for us to recognize the power of exposing sin is to come alongside as Jesus did in love. And some of you know stories where people have learned about the love of God and they voluntarily told me, we're in this sin, we're working to get out of it, and I'm, well, you know what? I'll be there for you. It's important for you to recognize that's what this is being talked about. We have five minutes left of my normal preaching routine, and so we're gonna we're gonna move on to Second Peter. This is one of Jeff Drillinger's favorites, and and uh, so we, I'm sure many of us have it memorized. I know that I have, but I want to just pick a few passages verses out of this. In your notes, it says. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 2 through 11. Look at verse 3. Seeing that God's divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory. There's that word again. And excellence. And he's granted to us these wonderful, magnificent promises. And then he says, add to your faith. Look at what he says here to add to your faith. He says here, add to your faith, moral excellence, moral excellence. And in your moral excellence, knowledge, grow in your understanding of him, self-control, drive out the old stinking thinking man and become one who perseveres in doing good and then put on godliness like Christ-like character, brotherly kindness as we come together to help each other grow. And then finally, love. For if these qualities are yours, take a look at the verse. Verse eight, if these qualities, these character qualities are, this not, it doesn't say these Bible verses. It says if these character qualities are yours and are increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who are people supposed to hear and see when they meet you? Are you a Christian? Who are they supposed to meet? Who are they supposed to hear? Who are they supposed to experience? Who are they supposed to appreciate? Who are they supposed to want to emulate? Well, it should be Jesus. If you're doing it right, they'll see Jesus. You don't need to get the Bible out and start thumping. They come and ask you. That's how this works. It's the ones that go to the nor. Hey, uh, I got a little pamphlet here that says you're going to hell, but I got an answer for you. So, uh, how many have had those before? Nope, not buying. But how many have ever met? How many have ever met somebody who was really getting it done? I want to know how to do that. I don't know how to be that. 
That's where we expose what they're doing by not saying a word, but just by living the life of Jesus. And they, man, you know what? I need to, I need to get cleaned up a little bit, spiritually speaking. And they're drawn. You don't have to beat them up. You just live the life. Brethren, the glory of God in you will help us to grow together. I so appreciate, in closing, like I started, I so appreciate the forbearance of many families in this congregation. Forbearance meaning what? The word forbearance means to put up with. Hey man, when I first got started, I had no clue what I was doing. I just had some Bible verses and, and I was thinking I was a preacher. Well, that was a joke. That was a mistake. I'm sure glad that I stuck with it. I'm sure glad you stuck with me. Now together, we're getting it done. The church is actually growing. People, when they come, have oftentimes said the experience they've had when they've come into this building was an experience with people that made them feel at home. Right, Alan? Now, Alan's our brother in Christ. Because he experienced the love of God, not the stink eye, not the who are you and where you're from. But we're just glad you're here. And then growing together, and he met so many and, and has worked closely. And I just tell you what, the blessing it is when we live the life, people are drawn. Not me, us, when we live the life. Brethren, don't know when the Lord's going to come back, but we know he will. Now it's time to make sure we get our house in order, but also too, to draw others into the Lord's house, the Lord's church, the Lord's family by living the life. We can do that together more effectively, and that's what this is really all about, growing together in the glory of God. Let's pray. Thank you, holy God in heaven for your word. Thank you so much, Lord, that you've opened up doors of understanding that oftentimes have been closed or not been understood we pray that in the time that we would spend and we examine these facets of glory and apply them specifically to our growing together in helping other people be drawn into a right relationship with you. Father, I know that together we accomplish more. That's what team is all about. Together, each accomplishes more as we serve together in serving you. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, thank you for coming out tonight, let's, or this morning. Let's get all excited. You can stand and let's say, what does Jesus say? Go! Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Jesus Christ is still the king of kings. King of kings. All right, let's go do it. Thanks once again for listening. To download today's lesson plan or find out more about Cornerstone Truth Podcast and our church, please go to www.cornerstonetruth.org or email us at thecornerstonetruth at gmail.com. Have a blessed week.